right, Miss Shelley, I think we are live. Perfect. We need to make sure everybody can hear us. Why don't you go ahead and talk a little bit, and uh, I'm going to check on the live status. Those of you who are watching us on the replay or watching us live, if you could give us a little thumbs up or a heart or say something nice and let us know that you can hear us. Um, we're going to check this real quick. Yeah, hopefully our volumes <laughs> aren't off here. I'm trying to get this shared for everybody. Are we... Are we allowed to are swear we... on this? Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Might happen. We have no filters <laughs> on this whatsoever. I'm going to check on a... In Adam's stead, we will say something. Oh, I hear, I hear something on my check end. Check one, two. I think we're good to go. Check, check, check. Yeah, I yeah, can hear it on I your phone. It. We're live. It happened. It worked. We're on the porch. Hey, uh, for, for Shelly's just uh, uh, re-posting uh, all this. Um, my name is Colin Brown. This is Shelly Gaddis. This is Marketing Monday. We're broadcasting live from the front porch of our friend's house because the studio is moving and it's all packed up. I actually had to unpack this equipment uh, this morning for us to do this broadcast. So we are broadcasting um, from a front porch in uh, downtown, and so you might, in the background here, road noise, the mailman might come, there could be a train passing, I have no idea what could actually happen here, so you don't have to write us and let us know that you hear other things, so do we. Uh, welcome to the porch. Uh, the Marketing Monday is something uh, I actually started uh, years ago at the bakery, and then my good friend Shelly here was just crazy enough to want to do it again, so her and Adam Hewer reached out to us. Um, maybe a couple months ago and said, hey, what do you think if we do this Marketing Monday thing again, but we want to change the format a little bit? And I said, more power to you. Um, and then today I'm filling in for Adam. Adam is uh, off marketing his own business in Vegas, and uh, we are just going to uh, dive in in honor of Adam's absence. We're going to make it lively and fun. So... Michelle, you Absolutely. had some stuff you want to kick off uh, and introduce our guests, and then we will dive in from there, and I'll provide color commentary, and I'll do the button pushing. I'm going to try to, as soon as this is live in the other places, I'll try to hop on um, and answer questions as we go, give comments. We really, really encourage all of you to leave comments and help us with the suggestions for them. Um, we really think this is going to be a, a good conversation for a lot of young entrepreneurs to have, so... So, um, I uh, have known Dennis and Kate for probably about a year. It's been a little over a year, Something right like at a year that I started at Primal. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't really meet you until a little after that. So, um, so I got to know Dennis through Primal, as he's completely decked out in Primal gear today. <laughs> so, Primal is a gym here in Sioux Falls on 49th and Westport. Mm -hmm. Um and yeah, fantastic family, amazing place, love it. Um, and Kate is his lovely wife. And Kate really took the entrepreneurial leap this year. And when was it? Like April, May? Uh, like three months ago, August. Yeah. Oh, August. Really? Yeah. Oh, it was August? Yeah. Oh, wow. Like, see, like, it feels like forever. <laughs> it feels like you've been doing this forever. Um, and quit the full-time job and is doing the entrepreneurial gig. Decided yeah. to take the leap. And it's been really, really fun to sit and watch you go through the ups and downs and all the journey that this is creating. And that's, I mean, that's part of it. And it's yeah. awesome that you are working hard to build a community around you to help you through all of those ups and downs and learn as you go. So um, why don't you two tell us a little bit about House of Tinnerman and Sioux Falls Kettlebell Club? Go for it. Uh, well, I guess we've been <laughs> uh, doing Sioux Falls Kettlebell Club for a little bit longer. Um, 
obviously we focus on kettlebells as a tool to uh, our tagline is kind of putting the, the control of your own health back in your hands through the use of kettlebells. So, uh, you know, kettlebell is just a tool, really useful one for teaching movement, and you can really take it any direction you want with the kettlebell. You go strength, you go cardio, you could go flexibility. Um, it's just really versatile. So that's kind of my main focus in my training that I use as uh, kettlebells, and um, we started that about two years ago. Yeah. Two years ago in October, actually. Yeah. So uh, I've been a trainer for a little bit over three years total. So. Have you always been a primal? Uh, no, I started at a kind of uh, a kickboxing gym, I'll say that. Okay. Um, I was there for a while, six months, nine months, something like that, and kind of like her, yeah. took the leap into my own, you know, self-employed, yeah. at Primal, I'm self-employed, so yeah. Um, yeah, it's been crazy. Yeah, it's awesome. It's been good. Uh, House of Timmerman kind of actually started off as a podcast where we could mm -hmm. share our um, our fitness mumbo-jumbo. Kind of like a fitness lifestyle podcast. Yeah. Um, and then when we decided it was time for me to leave my full-time gig, we developed it and turned it into somewhat of a marketing agency. Um, we work with one local business and we run their social media for them. Um, and then it also kind of split into um, my photography um, that I am kicking kicking up and, and building and then your videography that you do mm -hmm. um, so we can work with people we can work with businesses and just kind of make it what it is <laughs> yeah and you, and you guys did some really fun stuff this summer like you guys did the um the swingers yeah thing going on mm -hmm. this summer it was really fun if you guys haven't seen that yet so swinging in public yeah that was pretty fun you like costco and parks and love it and inside of shields Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that one. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. I mean, so I think you guys have done some pretty fun marketing stuff. And I think it's as young entrepreneurs, you guys aren't afraid to put yourselves out there um, mm -hmm. and take some of those chances and be like, what's it going to hurt? You know, we got to try it, right? That's the key, too. That was like, we had a lot of fun with that little series we did, too. Mm -hmm. So, like, doing more stuff like that where it's fun, it doesn't feel like marketing or right. work or anything. It's just. We probably would have done that without the camera, too, just because yeah. we're having so much fun with it, you know? Well, and embracing your strengths and what you enjoy. Like, for some people, that would be freaking terrifying to mm -hmm. them, right? Like It was a little bit <laughs> for us. Yeah, in the middle of Shields or, like, like, in the middle of Costco parking lot. Like, some people would be like, never in a million years. We're getting a lot ever. of weird looks. Yeah. But for some people, that would be, nope, I'm not doing this anymore then, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So, awesome. So... We are taking a little bit different approach with how we start with you guys today. We asked you guys to kind of send us some background about who you are and what you do and all that kind of, I mean, I already knew, but Clint didn't quite know as much. Um, and you guys kind of explained what you do, but one of the things that we wanted to lead off with was uh, one of the comments that you guys sent back to us in our little questionnaire ahead of time. And it said, even though we know what to do, and we've been doing it for Sioux Falls, or excuse me, do actually doing it for Sioux Falls Kettlebell Club can be tedious. We fail more times than not with following our own procedures and find that frustrating. So that's really what I wanted to lead with and really help us um, take a stab at how we can maybe help you guys work through that and maybe help you guys understand um, 
I'll give you some tips as to how that can how that can make uh, maybe improve some of your outcomes with some of your clients or even just with yourselves internally and how to establish that. So you've been doing this longer than I have. You want to take a stab at it first? Yeah, I think I would want to know just why do you think that is? So it's uh, super easy for me to sit there and plan um, the other business that we help with their social media. I can sit there and plan the whole month out and batch content um, really easily and it's fun to do that. But sitting there and doing that for my own business, um, the Kettlebell Club, it's because we're so close to it, it's harder to think outside of the box or just to know what it is that we need to promote um, to really get people to want to work with us. Mm-hmm. You think that's similar to people needing a personal trainer? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I, I think, yeah, like... I, think look, this, I mean, I think there's something about the human condition that mm-hmm. motivates us to have the reason be outside of us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And when it's all inside of you and you get to be mad at you when you're late with you, mm-hmm. it's harder. Right? And it's even harder if you're a partnership because then you both can, like, you know the ins and outs of navigating that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or it's a lot more difficult if there's somebody on the outside who's expecting it and your paycheck depends on it. Yeah, it's like, yeah. about more, right? like our soul. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not, like, just a job. So, like, always feeling like we're not doing good enough to share, like, our passion for it and, you know, how much we really love what we do. What, what, would, what theoretically would have to change for that to be different? Uh, we I just, mean, the fact that you even can articulate it is better than most entrepreneurs. I agree. Who, I think most people can't articulate Who that. don't know why. I think just doing it. Them. Just, you know, just like anything else in life, just doing the thing. <laughs> even when you don't feel like it, just mm-hmm. just acting, you know. Yeah. When the Sioux Falls Kettlebell Club was just a concept, um, just jumping into that even, we used Shiloh LaBeouf. Is it? just do it. Oh, yeah. We would like just repeat that on a consistent basis just to get us to even formalize it as a business. Mm-hmm. Um, kettlebells drastically changed our lives. Mm-hmm. And so getting to share that with somebody else is really special. And I think to try to being so close to that and trying to promote that as a, a, a business mm-hmm. is, is hard to put into words. Does it have to be? I mean, is it a business? Can people write a check to Sioux Falls Kettlebell Club? Or is it more a brand that they follow? Um, I suppose it's it's more of a brand, I guess, because like it's still like kind of under my name. It's yeah. under my training. Yeah. So I guess I guess it would be more of a brand than like a writing the check to that business. Yeah. Hmm. hmm. So your trainings aren't offered under Sioux Falls. Like, do you guys offer any services under Sioux Falls Kettlebell Club? You know what I mean? So I kind of, like I said, I just kind of branch it all under my own training. So whether I'm doing, like, personal training, the group classes, um, they're all kettlebell-based. Mm-hmm. So, like, technically it's Sioux Falls Kettlebell Club, but it's me, too. Right. So, yeah. I guess we're not super clear on that. Right. That might that might help you yeah. delineate. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're the two that has to be clear as four, mm-hmm. and so it could be that you need to say, you know, um, I have to think about it in really dramatic terms. Like, let's say that one of you is in the hospital and you need to hire someone to run Sioux Falls Kettlebell Club social for you. Mm-hmm. Then 
write out what that contract or what that list would look like in your absence. And that might give you clarity, like we want one post a day, we want a video, we need three blog posts. Just treat you know, it like it's a business we're working with to promote their social just, media. Just play a mental game with yourself, whatever mm -hmm. that takes to sort of get it out and on paper. Mm -hmm. And then you just have to come back around and hire yourself and put it on your schedule as though it's a client thing. Right. Yep. Yeah, just be ruthless cool. about it. And you just tell people, we have two clients in town. This is we do it. You know what I mean? You just have to yeah. protect it just the same. Literally treat it like it's and, just And client. probably do some tracking so that you can see the financial return on it so it's a little more motivating. I mean, if you end up getting three customers from it, mm -hmm. then being able to attribute as business partners and saying, hey, we, we invested this many hours in this. Um, this is what we got out of it. It was fruitful. But you have to sort of, like as, a, as an entrepreneur, you wear lots of hats. Mm -hmm. and, and delineating those hats, I think, is really important. Mm -hmm. Right, uh, because it the goal is to grow. Typically, to grow enough that you can start taking some of those hats off. Well, mm -hmm. if you don't have it defined, you can't ever take it off and give it to somebody to help you. So sometimes, just like giving yourself a whole Saturday and say, "What's every hat we wear in this business?" And you're wearing twelve hats, and you're wearing eleven hats, and just it's um, mm -hmm. one of those hats might be, you know, you're the the like grunt marketer for a couple. Who owned the business? Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then if someday someone came along who was better at you or or you had the money to pay them, you could just go, here you go. We're done wearing that hat. This is our protocol. We follow it. Um, but it's going to be, I, my guess is you're going to play some sort of mental game with yourself because there's yeah. no real. <laughs> create those systems. Yeah, there's basically. no real immediate consequence. Like if you don't do work for your client, you get fired. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a lot easier for entrepreneurs to process, right? right? You have mm -hmm. retail. Like, if you don't have the product, people don't buy it. If it's bad service, they want their money back. It's real quick. When you work for yourself and you're your own client. Lots of gray areas. The feedback loop is you. And you're like, yeah, I'll just have dinner and not worry about it anymore. Mm -hmm. right? I'm tired today. Yeah, you can kind of yeah. you can get by with it. Mm -hmm. And sort of like you have to be, like, your best employee and your most, like, expectant boss. That's a fun way to look at it. It's yeah, hard to do. <laughs> you know, I mean, you tell people like, look, I work for this couple and they are like so damn strict about their social media. And people are like, who are these assholes? And you're like, well, it's us actually. I mean, you kind of have to be that way. Yeah. Because it's, that's, a, it's the same, to me, it's the same exact gear as like your health. Like the only person who's really in charge of your health is you. Absolutely. And like, it's your decision at the fridge. It's your decision for an extra set of reps. It's, it's you. Mm -hmm. And like, no amount of someone barking in your face really changes. Each of us are probably pretty strong right. little personalities. We don't want to do something. We're just going to be like, nope. Mm -hmm. You can stand on my face and scream all day long. I'm not moving. But it's that, so you have that gear inside you. Mm -hmm. And like, it probably, your health reasons are big enough to motivate you. And now you probably just have to like say, okay, well, well we just hot swapped health for marketing. Makes do you, sense. Do you find that there's, that it's easier to work on one of the businesses than the other? Like, and I like your separate answers from each of you. Like, do you find that one of them, are you more passionate or more excited about working on HOT or on Sioux Falls Kettlebell? Um, there's parts of both, I guess. So with the Kettlebell Club, I really like to focus on the mindset aspect, whereas 
in my opinion, I'll let you answer, he is able to more focus more on the exercises and the movements and the technique. Mm-hmm. Um, with House of Timmerman, it's together, but it's separate. So he's in charge of the videography. And so if something comes along with videography, I know that he's going to handle that because that's his interest. Whereas photography is mine. And so that's kind of separate, separated easier, more so than the kettlebell club, I think, at least for me mentally. If you had, if, if you had an hour on your calendar three times a week to work on marketing and that meant marketing for each business, which one do you think if you, if I had to t- put a computer in front of you right now and say, I want you to work on marketing for your businesses for an hour right now, which one would you start with? Like, does your mind run off of where's the need at? Or, like, this is fun and exciting for me, so I'm going to do this first. Like, which way does your mind run? Right now, it's fun and exciting. But I know, like, where the need is at also. That's going to take us in the long run. Yeah. Yeah, right now it's And that's one thing for us to know. I mean, everybody's mind works differently, but it's valuable to know how yours works because that allows you to um, schedule and be honest with yourself Mm -hmm. more more easily easier um so like if you generally well do the like the instant gratification thing that's really important for you to know so that's why I asked that question I also work well under pressure or like to think I work well under pressure mm-hmm. and so yeah I'll procrastinate until it, their pressure is there until you well. have to do something yep. for it what's it look like when somebody gets serious about kettlebells versus dabbling how would you know? Um, How would you know as coaches? It's like, a, okay, they're they're done horsing around here. It's like she kind of mentioned mindset. Yeah. You just like if you're looking at each session like a practice session, yeah. Instead of like I got to go, like, kick my ass in the gym. Like, yeah. if they're looking at like I'm going to practice my technique and like let the workout happen as a side effect. Yeah. That's that's what I want everybody to build up to. That's where I want everybody to get to. Because then they're not looking at it like, um, I'm just doing this thing to work out. Like they're they're meditating. They're they're learning about themselves. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's not just about like the physical aspect. Like when yeah. their mind becomes engaged, that's you could definitely tell the difference when somebody's going through the motions and when they're really really focused. Mm-hmm. So now equate that to your business. Are you are you at the hobby stage or are you at the serious stage? Which one? Which business? Either. <laughs> Either. Um, and then what would it look like? To, what's the transition activity where you would go, mm, okay, we're done horsing around with this. So, like, that's the thing. Like, the business side of it, like, mm-hmm. I, I'm clueless still. Like, yeah. I could train somebody on how to use kettlebells, yeah. like, you know, yeah. in my sleep. Yeah. But actually... I would actually call it more of a hobby just because I don't have those business systems in place. Yeah. And that's something that we've talked about a lot lately. Like we just, yeah. we've really got to build a lot of systems so that like it, it's on, on autopilot pretty much. Yeah. Like that's something we have not done. And we keep saying we're going to, and I don't know. We, just we, we get, like we get busy. Hour, huh? I mean, it sounds like yeah. what someone might do with their health too, though. You've Absolutely. got a client who mm-hmm. keeps telling you they're going to get serious about stretching yeah. mm-hmm. and you're like you're not serious yet like I, we'll both know when you're serious mm-hmm. 
Right. I mean, right. you're able to identify that. My guess mm-hmm. is working with someone of like, this person's coming here and they mean business. Right. Like, they're going to get their stuff done. Totally. Whether I'm here or not. Or mm-hmm. they're just coming in because they don't want to be at work during lunch. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. How about the other one? House of Terminal? Um, yeah, like, that one's still so new to me. Like, this whole video production thing yeah. is so new to me. So, like, I'm really into just trying to hone my skills and trying to get to that point to where I can do all this stuff in my sleep again. But once again, I'm I'm focused on that, the technical skill set rather than the business side of it. Yeah. So I'm not I'm still not doing a good job of promoting, and we're actually partnering up with somebody who's actually a little bit louder, Tanner. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a little bit louder on social media, so uh, that takes some of that weight off of me because he is good at that. But yeah, still learning the process of yeah mm-hmm. being business owners but versus doing, hobbyists, right. essentially. Yeah. But doing more of the House of Timberman, you know, principles on our own stuff, whether it be House of Timberman or the Kettlebell Club, you know. You guys ever read the book The E Myth? If you're a, if you're a reader, I encourage you to read it. It was written prior to the internet being a thing, so it's not electronic mail, electronic myth. It's entrepreneur myth. Okay. And um, it's a. You've, I'm sure you've read E Myth. I teach it. Yeah. Um, very simple. It's a what's called a modern day parable. So like there's parables in the Bible, which are sort of stories that eliminate a larger truth. This is a modern day version of it. There's several out there. Go Giver's another one. And uh, it's a story of a lady who sells pies. So it's a small little business you can sort of easily understand. It's a very quick read. Mm-hmm. Very easy to read, I should say. And one of the key principles in the book is that there's three main roles that every business has to have. One of them is that of the technician, and that's typically where most small businesses start. Someone is good at something, so they mm-hmm. open a business doing that thing. Yeah. They're good at photography, they open a photography business. They're good at wrenching cars, so they open a shop. Mm-hmm. Right? And so that's super common. That's the most common, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, lawn mowing or you, you name it, anything. They, they hang out there on shingle. The next one is uh, role is manager, and most people have to learn management skills. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not something that some people are good at people, but they're also still not good managers. Right? Mm-hmm. And so management is typically something you got to sort of refine. And then the third role is entrepreneur. The entrepreneur is like, cool. I don't. We make widgets. You sell pies. Great. Like we're gonna we're gonna play the game of growing a business. Mm-hmm. And what's hard is that when you're new, you you spend most of your time fussing over the technician type stuff mm-hmm. because you know how to fix it and you're sort of turned on by that mastery. Right? Mm-hmm. You feel more comfortable. Like if I spend two hours doing kettlebells, it's probably going to be more fruitful than two hours being a business owner or whatever that means. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so you have, I think you have to really be honest with yourself. One is if you can handle all three hats or all three roles. And if not, do you partner with somebody who can? Mm-hmm. Or just recognizing that like no one's, no one's running our business. Right. right? We're both working mm-hmm. in it. But like our boss just never shows up. Right. Right? It's just like... Hmm whatever the next day is that's hard and I, I find that like there's some natural barriers you'll run up against um, in growth mm-hmm. um, there's some revenue goals you won't get past until you add on some of those roles you just can't mm-hmm. you know um, and I know like Shelly I got to watch Shelly's business go through several stages over a decade and each time there was really a big upgrade Shelly upgraded herself and the business like this right behind her mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying but she yep. was the ceiling she was up against was her own sort of like willingness to change how she did things yeah I, I don't know if you would agree mm-hmm. but like she would like say okay I don't know my numbers well enough 
I'm going to pay out the ass to have someone who's better at numbers than me show me how to crunch numbers. And then just bang, huge growth in business because now she she was better at playing the game. Mm-hmm. Shirley always could run the cash register and make people feel special and buy stuff. That was easy. You know? It's like teaching the kettlebell swing for me is easy. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you, I think it's super important for, and I think everybody, and that's why I was saying at the beginning of this, like I think this conversation is going to roll into a very, might not be super marketing focused, but I think you guys' questions and struggles are going to be so relatable to so many people out there to watch this on the replay or live or whatever but there's everybody is at this point at some point like you get all excited when you first started and you're like I'm really good at this and people see your excitement and and then you get into it a little ways and you're like this is still really fun but now I gotta do all this shit over here that isn't really fun and I don't like doing the not fun shit anymore right like you're like I I don't like and eventually you get to a point where you you got you're at this crossroads right like you get to this point where you're like, I either got to learn how to do this not fun stuff or be with somebody who knows how to do the not fun stuff. And what sometimes that's finance, sometimes that's marketing, sometimes that's hiring employees, sometimes, that, I mean, whatever that means for people. Or you decide this isn't for you and that's okay too. But at some point, like you get to this point and usually it's, I would say somewhere between year one and three for people that they get to this point where they're like, I got to decide. Like, as my mom used to say it, my mom used to say it's time to shit or get off the pot. Like, you got to decide. Are you really going to be an entrepreneur or are you going to, you know, just keep playing? Keep being a hobbyist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it sounds like some of the struggles you guys are describing are kind of getting close to that point probably that you mm-hmm. got to kind of decide where you want to go with this. Do you want to mm-hmm. take some time and learn the business side of stuff? And that probably means... Not not even necessarily always hiring, but that probably means that you're either going to have to find a mentor, you're going to have to find a coach, you're going to have to take some classes, you're going to have to do something to build that learner side up of what you have to either empower yourselves to be able to do it mm-hmm. and um, identify roles for each of you or for whoever else is going to join you on the journey, whether that's an employer or a contractor or, you know, whatever. But I think it's really valuable for any new entrepreneur or young entrepreneur to understand what you do really well and more importantly, what you don't do really well. (laughs) Like, if you're not good with balancing the books, then why the hell are you spending time doing it? Like, hire somebody to be your bookkeeper for 50 bucks a month. Like, Mm -hmm. don't waste your freaking time paying late sales tax every month or whatever because you keep putting it off. Like, just be humble and say, I can't do everything and hire somebody else to do it. Mm -hmm. And that frees up an hour of your time to go do what you do love and what you are really good at. Right. Get so much more out of that hour than the one where you're, yeah, frustrated with the numbers. And I think once people learn that, I think it took a long time for me to learn that, honestly, because I have huge control issues in my life, which Clint, I'm sure, can vouch for. We all do. Especially as entrepreneurs. That's how... But... Yeah. yeah, once you learn to let go of control. It's like prerequisite number one, being an entrepreneur. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> True, actually. Number two, you have an ego. <laughs> We're just going to get in a fight with your control issues and you taking advice. Like, number three is you don't like being told what to that's do. That's right. <laughs> my, my line always is like, I don't remember asking for advice. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, once you get over that control of I can do everything, yes, you can, but should you actually be doing it? Right. Right. And pretty early on, I would say probably year two, maybe three, Melissa Riggs Johnson, who owns Oh My Cupcakes, mm-hmm. was her and I were sitting down and having a conversation. And and we were talking about um, 
opening second locations, and I had just, oh, so maybe it was a little bit further in, maybe year four or five, I had just um, signed a lease in Watertown to open a second location. And she was like, yeah, you know, I was considering this as well, and blah, blah, blah. And she looked at me and said, you know, I decided that just because I could do it doesn't mean that I should. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, yeah, which is so true because it's that excitement, that fun, that, yeah, but now you got to manage all of this other stuff too, right? So that was it's still to this day, 10 years later, like one of the best pieces of advice that I've taken with me is just because you can, just because you can balance the books or just because you can pay your sales tax or just because you can produce a video doesn't necessarily mean that you should be doing all of that for your business if that's not the best use of your time or your resources. Mm-hmm. I think that I think there's something to be said about really being honest about why why you do each piece of it. You know, I mm-hmm. was just out in Spearfish and I visited a local vegetable farmer, Cycle Farms, very cool. And I asked the couple, um, you know, how they were doing financially. And they said, well, I make a full-time, the husband said, I make a full-time living and my wife makes a quarter-time living, but she's also uh, a contract engineer remotely. And so that supplements. He said, financially, we're paying the bills. Our quality of life though, is getting up A+. And we've realized that like, for total picture for us, mm-hmm. our, our happiness as a couple and our value to the community we're going to over-index on that paycheck being huge. And if it'll pay our mortgage and off our student loans, then we're golden over there. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a really honest place that they came to of just like, what do we want this to do for us? You know, and they would much rather feel very comfortable taking 25 minutes talking to one person about one garlic clove and not worry about units per hour. um, Because... They're, they're trying to create a whole picture of something for mm-hmm. their business. And I think more entrepreneurs think we sort of get caught in a, the uh, rat race of like, if it's not growing, got to get to a million dollars, it's got to be sellable. Mm-hmm. Sure, that is one path forward. But you could also be really satisfied with a livable income and, and intimately serving 30 people as clients mm-hmm. or taking the best sessions, photo sessions, and really be crazy emotionally satisfied with that. And who cares if it makes any more money? Right, right. That's that's totally the direction we're trying to head. (laughs) I actually really love that you touched on that because on the way here, so I've been an entrepreneur, what, for three months now? I just quit my full-time job. You Um, were an entrepreneur before. Just because you had a full-time job doesn't mean that you weren't an entrepreneur. Don't tell yourself that lie. I I finally stepped into owning it. Yeah. Um, But I worked with there for over seven years. Great place, but my quality of life, the amount I've grown as a person, the amount of internal healing that I've accomplished in three months' time leaving there. Yeah. Quality of life, 100% better. Yeah. I'm with my kids more. I'm happier. We're happier. We get to work together. Like, all of that is, like, the number-wise, making less. But quality of life is way more important. I was just listening to a podcast right before you guys showed up, and it's talking about that um, like 40% of working adults are in jobs that they don't think matter at all. Mm-hmm. 40%. That's right? a horrible way to live your life. And it's like, I don't know that that's, humans were designed to just not know if they matter, not know if their day matters. 
And I think that if you can, I think your largest paychecks, I think you were very not motivated by the, where the finances were at. And you were very motivated by a mom coming in with her fourth child and you got to see all four kids and you got to be a part of her journey and you helped her latch and all this emotional paycheck for you was Mm -hmm. huge. And I know you were constantly balancing that because you were also writing a very quick growing business. But I think that like, I'd love to see more young entrepreneurs get in and say, look, we're, if, if this makes $35,000 a year or 70 or whatever the number is for a family, I couldn't care less. We're going to get there and we're going to engineer that. And then it's going to flesh out in these beautiful ways. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Totally. And Absolutely. I think just being okay with that, you know, was, uh, this neighborhood had lost a lot of trees, um, um, with the wind. The tornadoes came through town, but then this neighborhood was one of the neighborhoods that got, for whatever reason. And I was just thinking to myself, I wonder how many of the neighbors would, like, uh, plant a fruit tree, you know, in place of whatever these are. Mm-hmm. And a thing about a fruit tree is, like, you prune it and you keep it small so that the fruit tastes really good. If you let an apple tree just grow and grow and grow, then mm-hmm. apples don't taste good. It produces a lot of apples, but no one will want to eat them. Right. But if you way prune it, and I don't know if you've ever seen an apple tree pruned, but if you look at anything, somebody has lost their mind. It's cut so dramatically, mm-hmm. but then the next year the apples are better, they're sweeter, they're larger, mm-hmm. the tree's healthier. And I think like looking at like the whole lifestyle of somebody, I think that like there's a real opportunity for you to just say, this is how we want it. Like we're really cool with this. And anybody who's like, you know, are you going to grow to a million dollars? You say, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. We have nothing to do with that, you know, because mm-hmm. that just means we're going to be spending all the time fussing over that amount of revenue or that amount of clients. Right, or, right. Yeah, you're not you're not able to make the difference that you're trying to make. Like, it just becomes like a big numbers game. And, mm-hmm. like, that's one thing that we worried about, growing the Kettlebell Club too big. Like, I don't I don't want to have people just get lost into a sea of people, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I want each individual relationship to be there, be able yeah. to, you know, still connect with each person. Like, because that's... Like, I don't care how much I make. That's so fulfilling to, like, see people's mindset start to change and they start, they start you know, realizing all of the application of what we've been doing in the gym is, like, paying off out there, too. You know, it's paying off in real life. And, like, I hear all the time that, you know, you changed my life or you helped me change my life. And it's like, I do that for free. You know what I mean? And that's that's one thing, like... We've been trying to do more with this, you know, videos or pictures. Like, we're trying to now figure out how to share what we know and help people change their lives from mm-hmm. anywhere. You know what I mean? You don't have to be in contact with us to get some of the information. You, you're not going to get the, you know, the personalized touch, but you're going to get the information. Yeah. Um, there's just so much information out there, though. It's hard to not get lost in that sea of information. So, But I would challenge you to remember, too, that with that, like, you're not trying to be everything to everyone. So mm-hmm. the information that you're putting out, like, you are targeting it, targeting it, you know what I mean, to a specific person or a subset of people. Mm-hmm. So even though there's a sea of information out there, there's a specific set of people that you're going to connect with or that's going to connect with you. And mm-hmm. that's what you just said, that you really want to just connect with a small group of people, not mm-hmm. the sea of people. So right. 
don't let the sea intimidate you mm-hmm. because you can still be that little shell or that little school of fish over here doing your own thing and not have to worry about that big sea of others out there because it doesn't really matter. Like if you really mean that you don't, you don't care about everybody else, that you don't care about, about the, the 12,000 other ways that you can, you know, swing a kettlebell or that you can go to a gym or what other Mm -hmm. gyms are out there that, I mean, just work on servicing those people really, really well and have that be your, like your task list. Like how Mm -hmm. do we figure out, like, if you know, that's your end goal, like how do we figure out the steps to get there? I'm kind of going on that same route, but switching a little bit. Like, I think that's one of the pieces that a lot of entrepreneurs miss is that very few of them actually start or early in their process understand what their mission and their vision is. Mm-hmm. And I know that seems like big corporate terms, um, but what you guys are describing is social entrepreneurism. Entrepreneurialism. Like mm-hmm. you guys are really social entrepreneurs. Like you don't care mm-hmm. about the money. You want to make a difference in lives, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what a social entrepreneur is. And mission and vision is incredibly important like do you guys Mm -hmm. have that written down do you post it everywhere do you look at it every day and does every single decision you make revolve around does it make sense for that and if the answer is no then to me that's like that's this week like you Mm -hmm. gotta understand that this week because then that makes every other decision a million times easier and I think you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier but like if the answer if you're looking at whether it's a purchase, whether it's a client, whether it's a, you know, do we do this marketing thing? Do we, you know, whatever. If it doesn't fit in that mission of this, then the answer is no. It could make you $1,000, but it doesn't follow your mission. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. I, I, I uh, got the opportunity to meet, uh, I think you may have met him too. Shelly and I traveled to New Mexico recently. Mm-hmm. And uh, we lived and worked... Um, for a week or the better part of a week on a um, small sustainable agricultural place. Um, mostly they make their money selling high-end hogs. Um, and there was a guy who popped in. I don't know, did you meet Tobin? Yeah. Okay, so yep. Tobin came. Yeah, we did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we met Tobin. Yeah. Tobin's awesome. So Tobin's this sort of shy guy that comes and he's sort of quirky and his head's shaved funny. He's got like a side ponytail and just sort of a quirky, quiet kid, and turns out he's the cousin of the people we were staying with, and he was just popping through um, on his way to Mexico City, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, Tobin owns Say Coffee in Brooklyn, S-E-Y, and it's a little tiny roaster. There's three guys that own it. They were roasting illegally in their apartment to get started, and now they have a little tiny coffee shop and a bigger roaster, but maybe five or six people that work with them. Mm-hmm. But they, and that's, that's just, they're happy. They're very good at that piece of it. And it's very small, right? You can wrap your arms around it. Um, but last week they got food and wine, best coffee shop in America, which is a real thing mm-hmm. to get food and wine. And if you look at the top 10 coffee shops in America, seven of them are serving, say, coffee. <laughs> so like everybody who wasn't them was also them. Mm-hmm. Like there's... Yeah. They're so good at what they do that they're dominating almost the entire top 10 of that. And I think there's something to be said of, it's a small business, little six-figure business, a couple of friends doing it, quality of life. 
huge. Mm-hmm. And he was just saying, like, movie theaters are constantly coming to him, asking him to shut down the coffee shop because it's so beautiful for a day. And he kept saying, like, absolutely not. I have coffee customers. They're like, yeah, but we'll write you a huge check. And he's like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. So finally, someone, finally some movie producer was like, there is a dollar amount. Like, we we have to have this coffee shop for a movie set. So he charged them enough that he could serve his customers free coffee all day on the parking in the parking lot or in the on the sidewalk. Nice. And so he just stood outside and made coffee free all day for anybody who wanted it, and it was on on the movie set because they didn't get to come in. Like that's somebody who I think maybe accidentally or on purpose has figured out like we're really good at this thing, we're really in love with it. This is the size that we want to have, and we'll just be the best at that. Mm-hmm. We'll just do that, and they're not worried about competition. They're not worried about anything else that's going on. They're just like this is what we're good at, and they just stay focused. And I think there's a there's something to be said of like. I'm the oldest of the millennials, I'm 40, right? That like the millennial spectrum is coming in and saying, hey, we saw our parents sort of work their asses off and be dissatisfied with life mm-hmm. and have a big house and a big mortgage and cars and all this shit. We don't want it, right? We would rather scale down, mm-hmm. do it at the scale that makes sense for us and be happy on Saturday morning or on a Friday afternoon. I think this. I mean, I think there's a whole wave of people who are are sort of right sizing their business, mm-hmm. or it could be two or three little businesses. Right. Do you know right. what I'm saying? Yep. I don't think that excuses you from not being good marketers for yourself. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Right? Totally. Yep. That's not what I'm suggesting there. That mm-hmm. I think is just you deciding. Okay, we need to do this for ourselves mm-hmm. and keep the pipeline coming. Um, but I do think there's something to be said of figuring out what that upper threshold is. And you might be someone who's really motivated by the game of building a huge company and that's okay there's people who are really really good at that and like all the small stuff doesn't matter to them at all mm-hmm. they want to do this and that's where they go to bed saying i mattered other people want to come in here at revenue and say but i want to shake everybody's hand mm-hmm. and that's how i go to bed at night knowing mm-hmm. that i mattered yeah yeah so what's next where do you guys go next with your growth or with 2020 we're gonna do in 2020 what's your strategy in 2020 business meeting first <laughs> um i don't know what what is our plan for 2020 what well are some um, considering maybe? so with the video like the house of timmerman thing pairing up with uh tanner um yep. we uh are pretty excited about some of the projects like so that's one thing about like the video stuff i literally started the video stuff because I wanted to make better gym videos to yeah. market ourselves. Yeah. And I just kind of spiraled from there. But now we're doing like some music videos and working with it's some different people. That it's pretty exciting. So yeah. uh, we definitely want to focus on that. Um, I kind of made the choice with the, the kettlebell club that we don't, I don't want to be one of those overgrown trees. Yeah. You know, one of those burned out trees. So yeah. limiting the hours that I spend coaching so yeah. I could be the best coach that I could be when I'm there. Yeah. Um, and that's just going to be a matter of just growing our group mm-hmm. classes a little bit bigger, not taking a whole bunch of one-on-one training, just work on the group uh, mainly, and then just try to bust out all these videos and um, see where that goes, pretty much. Because right now I'm still excited about it, I'm still passionate about it, and so um, see what happens there. And try to, you know, take some of the stress off of growing the gym business by doing some of this video stuff. Yeah. So that way I could still be my best coach and then still, you know, pay the bills and yeah. be comfortable there. 
And I think that's interesting that you're seeing that now. Mm-hmm. Like, the natural evolution, no entrepreneur starts out doing one thing and that's what they're still doing three or five years later. Mm-hmm. Like, it always evolves into something else. It, it has pieces, probably, of what they originally started with, mm-hmm. but it always evolves into something else. And you could have never imagined that that's where it would go. But being open enough as an entrepreneur to really, like, follow where those paths lead and just explore it and say if it works it works if it doesn't it doesn't that's Mm -hmm. incredibly valuable to be able to um just let allow yourself that space to be able to do that yeah but you kate what are you gonna do in 2020 i am really lit up about photography i'm constantly researching learning trying to retain as much information as i can to learn new like new tricks, new, new anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I see that really going somewhere for me in 2020, really nailing down on that. Um, it feels good to finally feel like, no offense, but like I have something that's mine mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm really excited about where that's going to take me. Did you think that was going to happen three months ago? Nope. Not one bit. Yeah, we have a totally different exit strategy. Yeah, for so her that's job. what I'm saying. Can you talk about that a little bit? Like, I think that that would be really important for young entrepreneurs to hear. Kind of like when you took that leap to leave your full time gig, what did you expect? And now, a couple months later, what has it turned into for both of you? Uh, when I left my full time, my expectation was that I was running the marketing for the Sioux Falls Kettlebell Club. Um, feel like I've kind of failed at that, but this has given me a lot of really good. In- I cider insight to that. Um, but you know, I kind of left my job feeling like I was going to really manage essentially him, mm-hmm. um, and help him figure out where he need is needed. And that's definitely changed. Like we were with the house of Timmerman, that is us. Um, but we kind of are taking that in our own directions, but still working side by side with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We originally wanted to turn that into like a, marketing agency basically where we're running social media for people and we realized that we just don't we don't want to do that it doesn't feel good no so um yeah we we just kind of pivoted a little bit and i think it's working out so far Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's funny that you said that you feel like you're failing at that but you didn't mention that you feel like you failed at what you thought you were originally going to do because you just kind of pivoted into something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I love that you used that term, that you just pivoted into something else. Like, And I think it's really important. I think failure is getting talked about more and it's kind of almost becoming like a catchword, catchphrase lately. But I do think it's important for people to understand, like, Failure can very easily just be turned into something else. If you kind of learned from what it was, Mm -hmm. you learned that marketing wasn't your excitable point. Doing Mm -hmm. social media for other people wasn't exciting for you. And so you started offering other services to other people that did excite you. Mm -hmm. And so, like, that's not a failure. That's not... Right, right. I'd agree. Yeah, I use failure loosely because it means something different to me than it means to anybody else. But, um, yeah, I don't know. There's been a lot of internal growth and healing and relearning who I am outside of corporate America in the last few months. Yeah. And just finding really what lights my fire and what I'm excited to share. You know, like kettlebells completely changed my life. I've lost 160 pounds with kettlebells and live a very different lifestyle, but it's, it always felt like it had to be like this big corporate thing, but it never is meant to be that big corporate thing. It's, 
shaking hands. It's mm-hmm. handing you the kettlebell and showing you how to how to swing it and properly move it. And you can walk out of that gym more confident, knowing that you know how to move and more confident in your day because you feel better because you moved. Absolutely. Um, there's an author named Marcus Buckingham um, who years ago wrote a book and did a video series called The Truth About You. I'll send you the link afterwards. Perfect. A nice bootleg copy in my Google Drive. Nice. Um, <laughs> of the movie. It's 20 minutes, I think. And uh, he proposes this crazy idea about strengths and weaknesses that a lot of us are taught to. Um, that their strengths and weaknesses are simple. Strengths are things you're good at. Weaknesses are things you're not. We learned this in elementary school, right? Like, you're good at math, so that's your strength. And you're bad at reading, so that's your weakness. And what he really challenges and says, like, what do you do with those things in life that you're really good at? Um, who that drain you or what do you do the things that you're really bad at in life that bring you a lot of joy right and I think that like in the entrepreneurial journey taking inventory and that's something he suggests is like write down throughout the day these things like if something makes you feel stronger or more alive because you did it that's a strength mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if something makes you feel drained afterwards that's a weakness it makes you weaker it makes you stronger gotcha. does that make sense yep, yep. and you might find that like what you're doing is re-engineering your life and saying, I want to have disproportionate more number of minutes in my day that make me feel more alive and stronger. It doesn't, it may be like helping somebody move the chairs at church might bring that to you. It might have nothing to do with business, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Or it could be that like paying the bills in business doesn't do that, right? For someone else it might because it's a puzzle. But um, onboarding a new client does, right? And just being really honest and say, and engineer your week to have more of those things, right? Mm-hmm. Sort of that optimal self type activity. And you can really find that like, I look back on a week and say, man, I only gave myself 10 minutes of things this week that made me feel stronger. This was just an ass whipping of a week, mm-hmm. right? Or it could be that like, you're high on the hog, but you spent all week doing everything that you absolutely love and makes you stronger. And I think that like, it doesn't, doesn't have to be that you're good at it or that you're even like have some sort of natural ability or something like that you know I was somebody who grew up being very good at math but it bores the piss out of me just enjoying the process I never do math and go man am I alive I'm gonna crush today (laughs) I can do it better than most people (laughs) but that's because God made my brain that way or something I don't know right but I don't like wake up desiring to do that mm-hmm. I'm somebody who I realized even at age 40 like I need to make things or create things every day I gotta write a blog post shoot videos um, design a plan for somebody I have to take something that's in my mind and put it on paper every single day that's a really critical piece for me feeling like it wasn't a huge waste of time mm-hmm. right or if I get to do that then I feel like it was really fruitful I'm wondering as you sort of not that you would know this now, but you might just be willing to give yourself the space from here to the end of the year and say, man, looking back on today or get in the car and leave yourself a note or text yourself or each other and say, okay, I don't know why, but like that interaction really got me jazzed. Like, let's talk about that later, right? Mm -hmm. Or this type of phone call crushes me, ruins my day. And you can start seeing maybe there's, you sometimes you're in the right job in the right company doing the wrong thing. Mm Because mm-hmm. you're accidentally putting yourself doing that role that like, but there's someone else on planet Earth that probably like is jazzed where you're weak at it. Totally. But that sort of self awareness journey, mm-hmm. it's gonna be the critical piece for you to figure it out. It's hard to do. It is hard to do, and luckily, like we kind of have each other to you know like 
we balance each other out pretty well most of the time, but there's still, you know, some things we could work on, but. I think pointing it out, like I, I mm-hmm. called a friend um, last week. I went to a pedestrian committee meeting. Sound, look at your faces. It mm. sounds exciting. I'm like, woo! Tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> so I signed up. I care about these types of things, and I signed up. I didn't know what this meant, but someone said, hey, you should be on the pedestrian committee. I'm sure, whatever that means. So I signed up, put my name down, and I'm one of maybe 10 citizens of all shapes and sizes that are on this. And I've been in a lot of committee meetings throughout my life. And so I went in kind of going like, I'm not going to judge it, but I'm going to have pretty low expectations of a committee meeting, right? Mm -hmm. I was flabbergasted at like the nerdiness of the people who were also in the committee. Like I thought, egotistically, I thought I would know a lot, right? Mm -hmm. And I do know a lot, but nothing compared to these people (laughs) who like 10 years ago passed this law for this thing. It was so stimulating for me to be in a room of experts. Mm. For me, that's super stimulating. I hate being the smartest person in the room. I will bow out of that every time. It's like, no, I'm not interested in this. I desperately want to be around people who know more than me Mm -hmm. and have them challenge me and show me new things. That's crack for me. That's where you grow up. So I came out of the meeting. I'm like, I got to read this book and I want to listen to this podcast. I got to call this person over the width of sidewalks and two balls. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> ADA compliant ramps. I don't know. You know? I mean, these things matter. Could be interesting. Yeah, Could yeah. Be interesting. But, but I found that for me, the nuance is not so much the subject matter, it's who I'm with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they all had deep expertise in things I'm just learning about. But right. that piece that got me jazzed is like, oh my gosh, there's all this knowledge to be had. Yeah. And I find that I find that more in life. If I can get around experts and things that I don't know, I will count that as a great meeting, no matter what the point of the meeting was. Mm-hmm. So you might find some nuance in it as you go along. Totally. Right? All knowledge turns into self-knowledge eventually. So. Yeah. Awesome.